some stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's a story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. We assembled the gang here a bit because we want to talk about blackface in Scrubs. There were three episodes in particular uh, over the years that had uh, instances of blackface. One was me uh, in a fantasy being Donald. One was Sarah in a fantasy being Donald. And the third was Donald and I uh, attending a black fraternity party him in white face and me in black face. So I think we all have a lot we want to say. There's a lot going on in, in the world right now. And um, this, the, I think it's very good that these discussions are all coming up, not to use a hackneyed um, phrase, but it does feel like a teachable moment for us all. And I thought, Bill, you might want to start off since you led the charge on this and, and called the studio uh, and said you want the episodes taken down. So do you want to just first talk about your decision to do that and, and your thinking behind it. Look, the most important reason I wanted to do this besides the fact that, uh, you know, I just felt stupid and, and bummed out about it and it's my show. And, you know, I'm like, fuck, if it makes me feel that crappy, I can, I can, you know, I can take that out as I did see some things directed at Donald and Zach and Sarah and everybody should know that the reason that word showrunner exists in television is because uh, you're the gatekeeper and anything that gets allowed on a show, you have to ultimately take responsibility for. So first off, super sorry that any of you guys had to deal with any stuff because, you know, ultimately, even though we're all friends and it was a, a super creative and kind of reciprocal environment with, you know, you guys still ultimately at the end of the day did and, and uh, were receptive to doing whatever, you know, stuff we told you about. And then the second thing you, you asked, it's a good starting place because th what's so interesting is it starts with like ignorance, you know, is even now uh, I was reading stuff, you know, just the, the last couple weeks um, when I first became aware of this is, an, uh, you know, it's because of the podcast, Donald and Zach, you're revisiting old episodes. And it's, uh, it, you know, I want to make sure we never sound like we're making excuses, but one of the jokes amongst us is that none of us have ever really watched this show. When you work on a show, you make it, you film it, you, you shoot it, and you see it on TV, and none of us have really watched it in, for me, 15, 14 years, or no, 10 years since I saw the finale, but 15 years since I saw any of these episodes. And you guys saw some stuff, and you're like, ah, oh, man, you know, there's some issues, stuff in there you couldn't do today, it doesn't feel great. And the Disney was really cool. We didn't get asked to do this. You know, uh, I called him up and said, uh, um, hey, there's a bunch of episodes that have blackface in it, and I want to get rid of them. And uh, it was very interesting because the PC cancel culture, whatever, t on Twitter is like, why'd you pull the whole episodes? Why don't you just edit those moments out and put them back on? And I said, uh, you know, to one person, I'm like, yeah, well, it's a pandemic. I don't really have an editing facility up right now. And I'll probably do that, you know, but I first thing I wanted to do was get them off TV because it bummed me out personally. And we can talk about why if you guys want to, you know, it just uh, made me feel shitty. Yeah, and stupid. I, 
I want to say one of the biggest na- naivete things that I have about it, and I'm and I'm very sorry for for my participation in it. I just want to first talk about the ones where both Sarah and I were were, were dressing up as Donald in fantasies. Is that I really, frankly, at the time, delineated in my mind between the traditional blackface that we've seen. I remember when when Ted Danson did that blackface thing, and I think it was '93 or so. I remember being being like shocked. I remember being like, "What the fuck was that guy thinking?" And I was just out of high school, you know, because he had done the the you know the 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 one we saw uh, growing up. And back and, uh, when, yeah, it was back when he was dating Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, he was dating Whoopi Goldberg, who comes up a lot on this podcast. Um, and I remember she was laughing at it, and I remember being like, I remember even just as a as a seventeen year old or whatever, being like, "What the fuck was that guy thinking?" But I never, when we were doing this, I, I I'm embarrassed to say now. I never equated it. I was like, I oh, it's a fantasy where I'm trying to be my best friend, and I never thought it was the same thing. Um, it took a while. It took a while. It took a while when Donald and I started the podcast. I mean, obviously, I cringed a little bit about it in, in years, but when Donald and I first started the podcast, he mentioned, he goes, I mean, we did blackface on this show, and I and I cringed just to hear Donald. I didn't even tell you this, Donald, but to hear you say it out loud, it it really made me feel so shitty and embarrassed. And, um, and, and, and I, and I, I just feel stupid that at the time I didn't say to you, Bill, I mean, again, I, like, I appreciate you taking responsibility and going, you know, it was my show, but I didn't say to you at the time, Hey, this is wrong. Hey, we shouldn't do this. I, I, I could have easily spoken up, but I, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't see it. And that's how the climate's changed. You know, where everybody used to be able to, where any joke was, you know, was passable as a joke, as long as it was uh, meant to make people laugh. Nowadays, there are boundaries on what you can, you know, do as far as jokes go. And I know a lot of comedians and stuff like that are dealing with that issue as well. You know, how do you make something that's hurt so many people? How do you use that as comedy? There's the argument that everyone's having having now. And I think people can still do it. It depends on the voice, you know. Um... Well, yeah, I agree with you. I feel personally a lot of people feel this way as well. Uh, Dave Chappelle is one of those artists who can go out and talk about issues that we all kind of have. Some people have pain when it's involved and people will laugh still. You know what I mean? Uh, I, 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 I just feel like, you know, I used to watch movies when I was a kid that with, with stars that I look up to, like, you know, the Eddie Murphy movie really comes to mind when I think about this. And it's, you know which movie are you talking about? Trading Places, dude. It's one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie. To me, when I was a kid, I, me and my friends used to do it together. Where Dan Aykroyd walks on the train dressed as a Jamaican Rastafari. You know what I mean? And he's painted his face black, and they cut into him putting the makeup on, and he's using shoe polish and shit like that to put it on when he walks into the thing. And I just remember laughing my ass off. And I know if that came up now, I'd be like, oh, shit. And I wouldn't laugh because now I know, thanks to Joel, our producer, I'm way more educated than I was before. I knew blackface was bad. You know what I mean? And when Sarah and Zach put on uh, makeup to look like me, I didn't look at it as a racist thing. I looked at it as, oh, we're trying to tell a joke that he fantasizes he wishes he was me. And she fantasized, and he fantasizes that his girlfriend wishes like she me. was you. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what I mean. But then when you go and you listen to where all of this comes from, and and what Jim Crow is or was, and you know, 
I'm gonna be honest with you. I knew Jim Crow was something from the South that oppressed black people, but I thought it was a white, I'm gonna be honest with you, I thought it was a white man named Jim Crow who was just a fucking, you know, who <laughs> made it so people couldn't go into 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 and perform in places like that. Cause people would be like, oh, it's the Jim Crow South. I had no idea. I had no idea that it was Jim Crow was a white man dressed up as a black man trying to show America this is how stupid black people are. And it goes so deep for me that now I can't even watch Dumbo now because the crows in Dumbo are crows and they're supposed to be black and they've got all of this slick talk and this talking jive. I done seen, you know, I done seen just about everything all of this shit now is like, oh, I know where it comes from. And the fact that they're crows doing it and the fucking dude's name was Jim Crow is even more of a mind fuck for me. So it's like mm. how, you know, and, and this is what Disney was using at the time to educate children on how black people were subtly. And it was like, it's like, holy shit. It starts with ignorance, right? Uh, and you know, we can talk about the history of it because I'm more educated than I ever thought I would be now just by burying myself in reading and stuff. But you guys might've even noticed this is where ignorance starts. We differentiated between kind of that Jim Crow, like what you remember, Al Jolson, almost a shoe polished blackface thing. And we did that bit once on the show with the intention of showing how idiotic it was. Even now, talking to other people, yeah, we did it that one time with Turk and JD when Turk had white makeup on and JD had black makeup on and JD got his ass kicked. I'm like, no, we did it the other two times that Elliot and JD were both made up to look like Turk and none of us had associated those as the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I think we, we were talking a little bit about it. You almost, we almost thought, I think, that we had in in a bad way, a free pass to not have those thoughts back then because we were so fucking proud of ourselves for doing, you know, very diverse show in front of and behind the camera, great black and white friendship that exists as a real black and white friendship, great interracial couple who are stars of the show, you know, and so uh, it was almost... Uh, a block of arrogance of like, oh, we're so good in what we're portraying and doing and showing, you know, we could never venture into muddy waters. Uh, and even now with that same ignorance, you know, we never really connected the two of those things uh, until now. And you do the reading, it's not any different, you know? Right. And I'm going to, well, I'm over talking and then I'm going to shut up and let Donald and everybody talk. And I do want to say one other thing that bothers me about the internet that, that's happening is there's a big both sidesism thing. You know, and I'm getting tons of little connection tissue when I read now going, well, you're going to pull that issue where that episode where Donald plays Cal Turk and is a white guy insurance agent. I'm like, no, I'm not. Because uh, as a white guy, that does not based in any systemic racism for me or history or any negativity. I just don't I just uh, for me, I just wanted to separate that as well. I find that kind of arguing to be so counterproductive and ridiculous. Sorry, Donald. That was it. No, it's all good. Dude, look, man, I, first of all, I, I applaud you for saying, you know what? This bothers me. I want to take this out. You know what I mean? And educating yourself. Like, this was an educational thing for me, too, because when we made it, like, my whole idea of this whole thing was like, well, look, if we could CG this opportunity at the time, it would be my face on Sarah's body, and that's how we would have got around all of that stuff. Well, just to just remind everyone, Donald, just remind everyone the context of that, because just... With the Sarah one, for example, it was 
as I recall, JD was fantasizing what if his girlfriend and his best friend were one person, right? That's how it came right. about. Uh, that's how it- one of the one of the through lines of the show was that you loved Turk almost even at the end, remember it is is uh, you tell Elliot when you finally marry her, I love you more than Turk, and it's the biggest thing you've ever said. And when you're living with Elliot, you know, you the only way it could be any better is if she was Turk. You love him so much, right? Right. right. So, so sorry, so sorry, Don. Go back to your CG thing. So my whole my whole thing was like, oh well, if if we were now, we would do a CG situation, and then we wouldn't have to paint anybody. But when you do the research and you look back at it, Bill, you're absolutely right. It comes. It it's a systemic thing. It comes from a place of people being very fucked up to black people toward the end of slavery to dehumanize them. And so it's like it's like you're caught between a, a rock and a hard place. For me, I'm like, I'm not hurt by it. I'm more uh, disappointed that it happened, but I also believe in comedy too, right? So, you know, there are things that some of my favorite comedians say and things that are in some of my favorite movies that I've laughed out loud at. And now I'm finding myself having to check that. Like, wait, hold up. You know, let's, before we start laughing at all of the things that we found funny in the past, let's journey back to where it started at. And yeah. that's the only, that's the reason why for me, uh, I'm, 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 I'm very, I'm, I'm, Bill, I'm be honest with you. I'm proud of you for saying, you know what, this bothered me. I'm taking this out. Uh, yeah, you know, look, it's not, it's not, you can't do the, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to revolve around like, uh, uh, oh, we did good. We're, we're, we should be so proud of no, ourselves. But, you, you know what I mean? But no, I, but I, that's I, not, that's, that's, that's not what I mean by it. I, you know, I feel like you felt, oh shit, this is an issue and it's not all right with me. So I want to remove well, it. My here's whole, how my, you simplify, go, go. The way you simplify it, Donald, is for everybody, I think, is, and by the way, you know, there's always a slippery slope in the arts of what, uh, it, you know, you're allowed to remove, keep in, etc. But for me, and I'm not saying it's right for everybody, uh, it's my show. I'm really proud of it. And um, those moments, I didn't, nobody pressured me. And those moments make me feel like shit, make me feel stupid. And, uh, um, and by the way, there's going to be other moments in the show that make other people angry and go, you want to remove those. And I'm going back through and watching the shows and there's nothing that has bothered me as much as these three things. Do you know what I mean? This isn't. Uh, And so for a good rule, yeah, it's what's the big deal. I'm going to pull three things out that make me feel like shit because now entertainment um, exists in perpetuity and uh, 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 I should be allowed to do that. You know, it's not a big deal. I'm glad you mentioned the thing about uh, Donald being a white guy because I've, I've seen that a lot too. And there's, and and I, I think that it's important to to differentiate that there was uh, not this horrible history of of people who were persecuted and 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 mocked and 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 made fun of. It's it's a completely different thing, and I I I, I doesn't have the the stigma that uh, that this has. I can hear Eddie Murphy's uh, white guy voice in my head at any point in time and laugh hysterically. It's one. It's I'm still one of the greatest bits. <laughs> I'm buying this. I actually think it was one of the best. I think it's one of the best SNL skits of all time. Actually. Right. But and Donald, like, and, and, and Donald, uh, you were particularly uh, hilarious doing that as well. I do want to talk about the other one for a second because there were the two that we, we started talking about where, where Sarah in a fantasy was Donald and, and then I was is Donald in a fantasy. The other one, I, I do remember, I got to be honest, feeling 
really uncomfortable doing. And for those of you listening who don't remember, uh, Donald has an idea that we're going to go to a, uh, I think it was called a black and white party at a black fraternity. And and he said, I go, are you sh- something I'm, I'm paraphrasing? I, I, I watched it. You want the lines? Because I watched it to prepare for well, this. And it's, me, okay, you go, you say, you say, just so you know, you say, are you sure this is going to be okay? And Donald's like, I'm, I'm going as you, you're going as me. As long as you're with me, it'll be fine. They're going to think it's funny. Right. And, uh, okay. and there you go. So I remember reading this and being uncomfortable about it. And I didn't, I remember not wanting to do it, to be honest, but I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I, everyone seemed to think it was funny. And again, I, I now as a established 45 year old man, I, I, I think I probably would have reacted differently at the time. I was kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to go along with, with the joke. And I also remember being so terrified because keep in mind, there were all these black young men who were playing the college kids. And I said to Scott Harris at the time, uh, who was a black man and our one of our assistant directors, I had this 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 makeup on, and I said, "I'm so uncomfortable, Scott, that these men are not going to know what the joke is. The joke is that JD gets his ass kicked, and they throw him out a second story window." But I said, "You gotta." I remember being really nervous and saying, "Like, please." tell all these men who are the extras uh, what the outcome is, what the joke of it is, that I'm that I'm, my character is an idiot and that they're going to throw me out a window. And I remember walking up to that set and and feeling really, really uncomfortable. I do think at the, at the time I thought the joke was funny that Donald leaving me, I remember he saw like a pretty girl and he goes, the idea is that we ring the doorbell and then I'm supposed to be next to my friend and then he goes, Gina or something, and then he right. walks off. Hey, gee, what happened yeah. last night? And then I yeah. walk off. Right. Yeah, and he leaves me. The guys open the door. They pull me in, beat the shit out of me off camera, and throw me out the second story window. Um, but I remember at the time feeling uh, super, super uncomfortable. But I'm ashamed at myself for not standing up and, and uh, coming to you, Bill. I feel like if I'd come to you, you would have said we don't have to do this. But I, I didn't. I was a wimp about it. I, I, I well, you know, it's up. a good lesson for creators of any kind. This is what I've been thinking out about a lot. It's really important to me that on a show that you guys, one of the th- reasons I think this show worked is every cast member felt uh, in my head would always come and go, uh, I think this character would say something more like this, or I think that it'd be funnier if he or she did this, or I think uh, for Carla, I think it'd be better if she and Turk, you know, instead of being sexy or like this here, and we had that kind of open collaboration, even in that environment, young actors and actresses so don't want to be people that put a stick in the spokes with the boss, yeah. you know what I mean? And don't want to be the person that says, are we sure we should be doing this? That even if you think you're the most open-minded boss, showrunner, movie director, anything in the world, when there's a differentiation in power, people yeah. aren't going to always say, I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this. And that's a weird realization for you if you perceive yourself as like the most open-minded you know uh, of course they would say that they know they're never going to get fired in trouble punished have less material next week etc it's just not the way humans work and it was a big kind of eye-opener for me the thing i would tell you guys is the dynamic i was just talking about is even more prevalent in writers rooms because there those are the people that you're directly their boss and one of the hard realizations is even in the most um healthy writer's room, I'd still say white writers are the majority in there, you know, even when there are all sorts of people of color, you still don't want to be the one in a writer's room, the one either white writer or person of color that goes, hey, boss, 
that thing that other people are laughing at, we shouldn't do it because. You know, to me, one of the things I feel shitty about was that, you know, Scrubs, that the last episode that did that, as 15 years ago, it's not that long. You know what well, I mean? Dum- Dumbo, hear me out. Dumbo was, Joel Eld's Dumbo. How old is that movie? Roughly 1936, I want to say. Let me get you an accurate. Right. But look. Yeah, okay, you know, so- no, my point being, do you, this is an interesting question because you said I can't watch it anymore. I used to love it. Is it different for you if you go something is truly a product of the times, something we're talking, you know, it's like the gone with the wind argument. You know what I mean? We, we all know that there's still racist tropes in it. And there's a lot of people that would argue to the uh, Dumbo's uh, 1941. Just got that right. from uh, Joel. But, you know, to me, I, I'm harsher on us because it is not that old. Do you know what I mean? And right. uh, to me, I do make excuses in my head. I'm asking you honestly, because by the way, this shit all makes me super uncomfortable. Like, are you are you going to be able to watch Dumbo again and, and and go with your kids and and have go? Hey, it's product of the times. There's certain things I don't like, but there's certain here's things the, about the movie. Here's the here's the crazy thing, Bill. That was my favorite part of the movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That yeah. moment was my favorite part of the movie. And so now it's like, holy shit! You know what I mean? I was at one point when they did the live action version of it. I was like, man, you know what I miss? I miss the crows. I feel like an asshole and an idiot for that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I wasn't looking at it as I was. I wasn't looking at it as that's racist. I was looking at it as that was the best part of the movie when I was a kid. I loved that part of the movie. Look, when I say I'm ignorant, I was going to say I feel I'm fairly well educated. I was never that book smart. But Zach and I were randomly talking about this. Not only did I, like you, not know that I just knew of Jim Crow laws. I didn't know Jim Crow was a person with some white dude performing as a minstrel. Uh, I had never heard in my entire life of Juneteenth until I heard it from a stand-up comic like five years ago. And I'm like, that's a thing? And he was talking about how, oh, hey, other newsflash, you know, Texas didn't stop slavery when the war was over and that's one you know one of the things that lays into this date you know they they took a second i didn't know about um black wall street the tulsa massacre until i watched Watchmen on mm-hmm. television do you no, know what i mean I and and uh so educationally ignorance is is crazy it's not built into our system any of this shit well that's the that's the other thing that you know black people have been talking about for a long time look you could teach history but teach my history too you know what mm-hmm. i mean you know what i mean uh uh, for the longest, you know, uh, black history is a small part of the textbooks that we read when we're, you know, you learn more about the Confederacy and you learn more about, you know, that stuff before you know anything about what happened to Africans coming to America and being, you know, uh, being slaves and turned into slaves and stuff like that. So it's only natural that nobody knows about these dates. Nobody know, you know what I mean? These are stains in America's history, regardless of how- And has that how- changed now or is that the same? That's the same, Sarah, as far as like what's being taught in schools. It's the same. And it's, and you know, it's really, it's terrible. It's not taught in Canada. It certainly wasn't when I was growing up and that needs to change. And that's why we're here right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One of the things that's coming out of this movement that's really good is that a lot of us who thought we were knowledgeable are able to call ourselves out and go, I don't know shit. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about Juneteenth. I agree with Bill Watchman, which Joelle has written about extensively, uh, educated me a, 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 on a lot of history. And also, 
just two documentaries I just recently watched. The 13th, which I highly recommend people watch, was mm-hmm. something I just blew my mind about the criminal justice system in this country. That's Ava DuVernay, right? Yeah. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and another one uh, called Time, which is a series about the bail system and uh, incarceration in this country. Uh, I, I digress just to say that in the spirit of what Bill's saying, I feel like there's, uh, again, this is a moment where we can be educating ourselves and learning. Another thing that thought that came to my mind was that over the years, Donald and I have cringed at people dressing up as Turk and JD uh, for Halloween, and I've, been I've like, even gone out. I've even gone out of my way to say to people, "Look, hold on. If you're gonna go dressed up as Turk this Halloween, that's great. Just no blackface." You know what yeah, I mean? And, and I've gone out of my and, way to say this. And every year they tag us and we we cringe and I can't believe people are still doing it. And then I had to call myself out and go, they're doing it because I did it. Because well, Sarah yeah, that's did what it. that's because, what somebody somebody said that shit me, to me. Somebody said that to me. Somebody no, was no, like Let me just finish the thought. They were yeah. so I, I I last night I was like I was like tossing and turning, going, I had a little bit of a Eureka moment. I was like, that's why all those fucking people probably did it. They 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 saw that it was okay because we had done it, and that's really fucking embarrassing to me. Well, yeah, that's that's. I remember I posted that. I said, look, I feel like I have to remind you people that when you go out this Halloween, if you're gonna dress up as Turk and you're not African American, it's not all right to go blackface. And somebody tweeted me back and was like, yeah, but Turk. But Donald, you did this, and they showed a picture of you and me, me dressed in whiteface and you dressed in blackface, and was like, well, what about this? And I couldn't retort because I was like, holy shit, that's right, we did do this. And that's Mm -hmm. how, and I didn't remember that we had done that until that moment, you know what I mean? So there's like these kids that watch the show that like, that we, this is the thing that makes me cringe and feel horrible and and, and so uh, regretful is that if we contributed in any way to... X amount of young people being like, oh, it's okay because they did it. That's what I, I truly re- regret and I'm, and I'm so uh, apologetic about. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you know, Bill, regardless of how much flack you want to take for this, it's still, we were still in the moment and we were still there and we, st- you know what I mean? And No, look, the, the painful, uh, all of us on the call uh, thought it was funny as shit when we were doing it. We thought we were funny as shit. And it's yeah. the kind of the arrogance that comes with success. And, you know, man, it, it's, it's, uh, uh, I guess un- I, I like to think that uncomfortable conversations are good. And, uh, and people can say the shit they want to say to me. I, I'm beating myself up plenty. I also do want to talk about too. I, I really respect you guys all for doing this. Uh, and Joel, I appreciate you kind of leading us along here too with with questions and articles and stuff like that. I, I'm really grateful. But the uh, uh, there's also this wave right now as artists and as actors and actresses and writers, directors that you know people are going like, uh, oh, the PC culture is gonna it's gonna ruin art. It's gonna ruin art, you know. And it's not. Art's gonna be fine. Okay, is one thing I want to say. Art's gonna be. And I'm so old and, you know, we're talking about shit we feel uncomfortable about that all comes off this. You know, when I first got into writing comedy, you guys wouldn't, none of the four of you would believe it. But nine of the ten writers rooms you would walk into, if there were eight writers, it would be seven white dudes and one woman. Okay. And even though there's still tons of way to go, you know, as far as uh, equal representation for not only black writers on shows, but uh, people of color running, creating their own shows. Art's better for it, you know? 
My point being, at every stage of my career, there's been some version of this. And the end result is not that art's worse. Because I think uh, TV especially is in a great era right now, you know, for the content. Uh, Art gets better for it, you know. And so don't beat yourselves up. Keep beating me up because I should have... I was older than you and knew more than you. No, Bill. I mean, I th- I do. I I do. I I'm I'm so sorry. I feel like I shouldn't have done it. I feel like you know it's not funny now. It wasn't funny then, and I I recognize that um, it hurt people, and I would never ever do it again. I wish I could take it back. The easiest thing to say, by the way, because a lot of people you know have a lot of different fucking opinions, is. It's my show, tough shit. If I, uh, but if I, so if I hurt your feelings, I'm super, super sorry. And if you're one of those people that you're like, it didn't hurt my feelings and shouldn't go, I'm glad that you feel that way. You're welcome to, but tough shit. It's, uh, it's, it's my show. I, I, I get to do what I want in this occasion. Look back at you. I know all you three as people, man. You're all, uh, incredibly open minded, incredibly philanthropic, uh, incredibly kind. And we're all able to still be family and close because of it. So, Again, I, I'm probably over talking. It just bums me out when I hear people beating themselves over something that was uh, my fault. Well, I no. think it's it's the the good news is is that uh, this has inspired us to uh, educate ourselves and um, and and to continue to learn and to not be uh, arrogant about continuing to learn. And well, listen. also it's it's where we are right now as a as a society is a pivotal point, and I feel like you know. More than ever, my voice uh, can help, you know what I mean? And it's something that, you know, I do want to talk about now. I'm not going to lie. For a long period of time, I was very apprehensive and afraid to talk about stuff because I, you know, my fan base and all of that shit. But this is way bigger than that. This is this is my kids lives this is my kids kids lives this is this will go on forever if somebody if we don't stand up to it and i can't sit back and not say anything about inequality anymore regardless of if it's against african americans if it's against gays i can't not say anything anymore uh women if it's against women i can't not say anything anymore so it's not a it's not a wake up call for me i was i was woke before this but I'm even more in the fight now, you know what I mean? I feel like this was, you know, for for all of us, I feel like this was a a kick in the a kick in the in the private parts, but this a is necessary, a way... a necessary kick in the private parts. Yeah, but it's a but it's 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 made it so each and every one of us will check ourselves from here on out, you know what I mean? And that's, you know, Joel, do you want to do you want to say anything? Um you've been you've been helpful in getting uh us uh educated in ways that I don't think we were. And I just want to know if you wanted to add anything. I guess I just have a question at this point. I have yeah, a belief that when you're making an apology, it's a three-part process. And that process is A, admitting it, which, was, which we've done, apologizing to the people that were hurt, which you guys have done. But then C, and, and Donald did it a little bit just now, but it's it's making a plan going forward so that not only does this not happen again, but that we make it better and easier for people coming up. And I just want to ask you guys like what you're going to do about it because we know that there's systemic racism and all of you have access and power in the industry to make active changes. And so when I ask you, you know, 
What do you think you can do? Yeah, going forward, I want to continue to learn and to read all the books that have been recommended to me. And I want to continue talking to my kids about race. But now it will be more informed. And um, most importantly, in terms of projects going forward, I will use my voice every time something is not right. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I, 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 a lot of the stuff I've been reading has inspired me to want to be more involved. I think I, for a while, I was just saying, well, I'm not, I'm not a racist person, and my, my favorite human being on, on earth is a is a black man. Like I, you know, I was sort of resting on these ridiculous laurels and not being proactive and taking action. And now I think with what's going on in the country, and what's what we're all reading about, what we're all learning about, watching these documentaries. I mean, I I, I want to actively get involved in making a change. Bill, yeah, look. Um, to me, it's a bigger question. I'll tell you an embarrassing story is, um, it's, it it involves defining what the word enough means to you. Like, am I doing enough? Right. And it's going to be different for every people and you can't define it. And, uh, I am definitely the type of person that for a long time, um, felt like, uh, uh, I'm doing enough. You know, like Spin City is a you know, I had a gay black regular that it wasn't the joke, you know what I mean? And uh, got all these awards for it early on. And so I was always patting myself in the back. And then one of the, and you know, and, and most of uh, my shows and staffs have been diverse in either in front of behind the camera or both. And then uh, I was trying to think about it because I thought you might ask something like this. And I did a show once, and I don't want to mention the show because I, I don't want to mention somebody and it wasn't his fault in which I wasn't going to run the show. So I was going to write it with a, um, uh, you know, young writer that was on one of my shows, uh, supervise him. And I was really proud and excited because the show got picked up and we went to those TCAs. Um, the panel was, I was like, this is cool because this network hasn't really done this. This is a hour long television show that the four regulars on the show, the four the four actors, and these guys have all sat up there are an Asian guy, two black guys and a Latina woman. And, you know, and so I'm, patting myself on the back and raising my arms. And one of the first questions is, why are two white guys writing this? And uh, the, you know, and it was a reporter, because I've been doing this for a long time, that uh, was nice to me and didn't make a huge issue out of it. But the real question was, why did I pick, you know what I mean, uh, a dude? It's not, it's not that young guy's fault who any young guy going, I've never created a TV show. My boss of this many years is picking me to do one. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, any dude would go, fuck yeah, let's do it. You know, and that should have been a slightly longer search process to mock myself, you know, and that's the change in thinking of what is enough. But I made one of those key mistakes that for me, makes uh, my enough not good enough anymore, you know? And uh, it's really, I don't know who the first person that said it was, but one of these things that was all over the vernacular was not enough to be not a racist, it's enough to be anti-racist. And my son asked what that meant. And I told him that it meant what it meant for me was the countless times I've been somewhere where I've heard some dude and we know the guy make a blatantly racist joke amongst a bunch of people drinking beers to test the water. And I was fine going, all right, that guy's a dick. I'm never going to, I'm not going to laugh at all. And he's not going to be in my world. And I just don't laugh and move on. 
Uh, and that's a shade different than having the courage to go, hey, dude, shut the fuck up. Right. Right. And Real so cool. those those two metaphors, that metaphor to me, those two things are very similar. So for what, you know, uh, uh, for me, what it means going forward is adjusting that shit. So that's where I'm at. Joel, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to educate myself more because so I so I can talk about a lot of uh, the history of 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 my people and be able to speak knowledgeably of it and not talk out of my ass. You know what I mean? That's one way that I'm going to change uh, who I am instead of being just okay with, all right, I'm an African-American man in this industry and I've made it this far. I'm a great example. Uh, you know, I'm also, I'm, 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 I'm a firm believer of, uh, of, of bringing the next one up and, and, and helping those behind me and, uh, who don't have the opportunities that I have. And so I, I plan on investing in, you know, African-American communities, whether it be my time or, uh, or, my knowledge of my experience, I plan on doing that. I plan on, you know, talking to the youth uh, about my experience. Uh, I, you know, and because at the end of at the at the end of the day, it's you know, you can't sit on. I can't sit on everything that I've learned so far and just. I'm not gonna. I, I feel like if I just sit on it and keep it for myself, I'm a stingy individual, and I'm not. And I'm not pushing forward equality and so i you know all my experiences and everything that i've gone through and 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 educating myself are in my uh immediate future i'll say that it's it's amazing that all of you guys want to educate yourselves and are are starting that journey i think that is i think this is especially as a black community has said over and over again like that's the least that's the first thing and i think it's it's an important part, but I hope that especially as um, you guys continue on your journeys and continue to join shows that you'll look around at your staff and see who's missing and call it out when you see it. Because to me, especially as a black person who's been in Hollywood for six years and walking around and seeing who gets to come up and seeing, you know, the way a lot of young black people are treated on sets, the way they're sort of frequently run out. You know, we've just heard the thing um, that was happening on Glee and a lot of these situations, you know, again, not that long ago, five or six years ago, and it's still a struggle. And so now that you guys have, have said all this and, and, and I think done the first work of making sure that, you know, past mistakes are called out and, and you're being held accountable, which is great. There's still so many people who are willing to hide and just be like, oh, that was long ago and I didn't know. So I think this is a great first step. Um, and I hope to see you guys continue to do more. Um, is it all, Joel? is it always going to make me feel this uncomfortable? Is that part of it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've been black and American <laughs> uncomfortable my whole life. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm so glad you said that. I was going for the setups in case you wanted to actually. <laughs> I need you I see imagine, you. imagine she was like, no, it won't be this uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a Joelle, piece of cake. It's going to be a there, piece of cake. Is there something Joelle can do to make me feel better about the way this is going? Joelle, can you make this easier? <laughs> 
You have just <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's good in all aspects of our lives to have the uncomfortable conversations. Um, there was a thing my father used to say: breakdowns lead to breakthroughs, and uh, I think that's a good to have some breakthroughs in our lives. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, tomorrow we'll be back with the regular podcast, but we just wanted to—we didn't want to just send out a tweet or put out a statement. I, I think it was something that was on all of our minds to just kind of get together and and talk. So and uh, Zach is uh, not speaking for you guys. I didn't—you know—when I did this, uh, I'm sorry if it affected you. I didn't put out any statement or anything like that because those always seem to me like, uh, "Hey, I'm apologizing." Uh, now that I think I might be in trouble, um, and uh, you know, you know, it's just part of the part of the toxic nature of the internet and, and part of reality of that. But uh, uh, I would say too that I'm sure you guys are cool with it too. I'm willing to talk to anybody and anyone in a, a cool, constructive forum about any of this stuff, uh, including you know my my own shortcomings with it. And, and you I'm mean grateful journalists? You guys- Bill, do you want journalists to hit you up? Is that what you're saying? I think things like this, you guys have a big audience in this podcast. And I think anything where you reach people, anything where you reach people, I hope you guys will do it with me and continue to do it that um, you can shoot the shit and answer questions with no rules and all that stuff. I'm, I'm always down for it if you guys want to. Yes. Um, Thank you guys. Thank you, uh, Joelle for uh, moderating and sort of uh, really helping uh, be a great producer of the show. Sarah, our favorite Canadian. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. And uh, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. And um, tune in tomorrow for the very last episode of season one with guest stars Bill Lawrence and Krista Miller. Um, I think we should end in song, Donald. No? Yeah. I mean, it's the first episode I've ever been on that I didn't say five, six, seven, eight. I I'm know. You just did it, though. No, no. We're not going to count that one. <laughs> Donald, let's change the tone and lead us in song. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Five, six, seven, eight. Stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses in a